1: no purchase necessary. VGW Group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet.
3: Welcome back to a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm joined by Colin Watts. Colin, how long have you been my axe on now? Five years maybe? Uh,
4: four, four I think, yeah, four, four years,
3: Going for a testimonial, yeah, um, plenty to talk about Colin, plenty to talk about. Uh, that'll be interesting when we get to that testimonial, kind of stage yourself, Kevin Graham, maybe do a joint testimonial? Uh, you maybe can't get be that far off yourself. Five and a half years coming up, five and a half years on, no, six years in June or July. I'll get the date exactly, we'll have a party. Jungle Lions quick off the mark today, a full-strength squad is frightening for every other Scottish club. Five subs suits this team to a tee. Um, We are in the week of the League Cup final, Celtic will be playing Rangers at Hamden, and we're going in in good shape, Colin, Uh, none more so exemplified than... The weekend's performance, outstanding um, from start to finish. I mean, I was looking at that game. I was thinking to myself, Barry Robson's going to try and get a reaction out of the Aberdeen players. You know, they might rise to the occasion. Celtic blew them away. It was a brilliant yeah. performance.
4: Yeah, I was on um, our good friend Glenn Schroeder's Red Tinted Glasses podcast, the Aberdeen podcast, um, last week, and we were talking about the game and the build-up to the game. And we are saying Aberdeen... Basically, if they play their attacking style of football then maybe you know it'll be an exciting game of football to watch but um, what can you say you come out the gates flying and you put Aberdeen on the ropes and they never looked like recovering at any no. point um, apart from maybe Joe Hart giving us a wee bit of a scare in the second half when he wanted to come out and dance along the, the halfway line at times but um, no I mean it was a Professional performance from Celtic. It was very polished. Um could have been a lot more than four, let's be brutally honest. Um and yeah, some good performances from a lot of players in the team. And you know what? If, ugh, I say it I've said it before, I'll say it again. It was an absolute steal to get Rio Hitati for one point three million. He must be the best versatile player to ever play. Well, you know this, Colin, right?
3: Throughout the season, on a Celtic state of mind, we've been bigging up Rio Atate, not because we are some kind of oracles of football, just because we've got a pair of eyes in the back of our head and anyone with that can see how talented this guy is. At the beginning of the season, I don't get things right all that often, Colin, so when I do it, I kind of hold on to them. I'm a bit like you with Luca Connell, I hold on to it that 20 quid? that quid, by the way? Gonna, that
4: yeah, what, what 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 a a score? Well, for picking me up, I'll give you back. Um, what a goal he scored for Barnsley day. Bro. It was In quite an effort. Of game, first mm-hmm. minute of the game. First of the game.
3: It's been a good that.
4: move. been a she good move
3: up. for Luca. I don't she think he up. would get into this team. Um, but anyway, yeah, banging on about Rio Atate. A couple of weeks back, we called him um, the most complete footballer at Celtic. I think you've just said that yourself uh, in your own words and I think what we've been seeing now is a player who has actually developed from the guy who walked in the building last January um, and Ange says there's still development to come, that's a frightening yeah. prospect in itself Colin.
4: Yeah I mean listening to um, Ange after the game it was really interesting to get an insight into what Rio Hatati's like not on the pitch but on the training pitch,
0: mm-hmm.
4: Seeing that he comes into training and he's looking to get advice every single day on how to be a bit better than the day before. And that's that's so encouraging for someone who's still so young as well. I mean, there is so much development, I think, to see from uh, Rio Hattati. And he's already catching the eye of the teams down south. I saw, I think it was a Liverpool fan who um, put a compilation together of all the sort of tricks and flicks that he's done so far this season and the, uh, the season before. But, I mean, it's not just the sort of things that catch the eye, it's the it's the dirty work as well. You see him and he's not scared to go in for a tackle, he's not scared to put himself about, he gets himself back. So as much as we enjoy, I mean, the, his second goal was one of the best goals of the season, to be perfectly honest, in terms of technical ability. Um, but there was moments in the game where he's back covering, he's putting that tackle in, he's winning the ball back, and he is as you say he's a complete footballer it's not just the sort of luxury skillful player he is that sort of hard-working individual and he for me I mean he's got to be first name on the team sheet at the minute.
3: Yeah without a doubt I mean you you were talking there uh, about the dirty work that he gets involved in his work rate's unbelievable Um, up there we can stand Petrov levels of work rate in the midfield outstanding Um, and when you look at his involvement, just even in the goals, the body movement, which creates the space for him to then get a shot in, because I like to call it getting a shot in, calling not getting a shot away. That's just far too much, uh, this kind of left-field chat for me. Uh, the quick feet for the third goal, where obviously he's combined with Callum McGregor to then play a, a one-two, the movement to get the ball back, the control of the shot on both occasions, the passing ability... Um, I think he's the best in the country uh, by some distance at this moment in time. And he's going to be key uh, this weekend for the his second... No, this will be his first League Cup final. Yeah, so his first League Cup final yeah. because, obviously, he came uh, after the event last time round. I think he's going to be the key player, Colin.
4: Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still other players in the team that I think will be pivotal to us being successful on um, on Sunday... <laughs> Um, including maybe some that didn't even play on Saturday. Um, I'd like to see if Aaron Moy will uh, come back to to play um, on Sunday. Hopefully, he's not too badly injured. I think Andrew saying he's going to return to training early this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Sir so Cal McGregor, Jota had a great game. Maeda, um, even O, I thought O did very very well for his first uh, start put himself about, didn't go on the end of anything, but I mean, he was very influential in how he played. It means that you can afford maybe going forward to rescue Ogo and put O in and know that the, the sort of style of football doesn't change, which is, is great to see. Um, and the likes of Cameron Carter-Vickers, once again, absolutely solid performance. The man's been a, a revelation since he's came to Celtic. I think he's he's found his home now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's so many different players that I think are going to be pivotal and they need to turn up on Sunday otherwise it's going to be a bit of a struggle but Hatati has the ability to open up the game uh, you take a look at his goals, obviously fantastic but then there's other things like his passing range I mean the fact that he found that pass to Jota yeah, okay, he was offside but that was a wonderful through ball it splits open yeah. the defence completely Mm-hmm. Um so things like that especially against a team who don't concede a hell of a lot of goals compared to the rest of the league and it's going to be a very tight game so you need players like that that have the creative ability to to change it we're going to
3: be speaking about all the players that Colin mentioned there we're going to be chatting quite a bit about the league cup final obviously that is coming up on Sunday that will be the day after Martin O'Neill uh, makes an appearance in Glasgow alongside myself, Colin, for a wee chat around his incredible football career with a focus on the Celtic chat. So I'm really looking forward to that. If anyone is coming to join us, hopefully I'll see you there at Banners Art and Design. Uh, Michael Teague, morning, not teagsy, Uh morning, evening from Melbourne. Uh, Who knows? Who knows who Teague was? Uh, Remember all that carry-on last year's uh, Celtic Twitter calling? Bizarre place at times, a bizarre place. Um, Danielle, you're excited for Sunday, but Joe Hart's heart and mouth moments give me the fear. We were lucky it was Johnny Hayes. that was at the end of his calamitous play. We need a new keeper for next season. We will be chatting about that. I didn't want to start off with Danielle, in case uh, people out there thought we were being negative after a brilliant performance, but thanks for bringing it up. And I will be uh, covering that during the show as well, and Celtic follower on the YouTube. We need to keep them as far away from our box to avoid them falling over for penalties and free kicks. Where else in the world um, do you look ahead to uh, a cut final Celtic follower with the officials in mind as a point of discussion? There shouldn't be a point of discussion, but they are, because this is Scottish football, Colin, and we will be talking about them as well. Just before we move on... Um, I've moved the angle of the camera so you can see a wee bit behind me here and I've displayed a few Celtic-related mementos behind us here. Obviously, this jersey, um, that was the first time, believe it or not, that was the first time I physically saw Celtic winning a cup. 1995, that was the jersey we wore. That was Uh Mike Mike Galloway's benefit game. Um, Up in the corner there is Billy Billy Connolly, uh, famous Celtic supporter. Um, The one above the Mike Galloway jersey is a primal screen poster. And that one in the middle
4: is the verve. What's the relevance of that, Colin? Um, I'm trying to think. It's not the drugs don't work. Uh, what else would it be? It's not a sonnet. Is somebody lucky? Could be. Is
3: Andrew lucky man, perhaps? So I think that when you're talking about uh, all the, the drama, And the comedy that that happens in and around Scottish football, Um, I I always just take it, you know, tongue in cheek. Always take it with a pinch of salt, Colin. But some people take things dead, dead seriously, and that's what's been happening in the lead up to this big one. There's one thing about Ange though; he's not going to be rattled by anybody, is he? Regardless of who says what, he's just going to go on about his business. It's like before we came on here, you and I were getting a catch up. I genuinely have no knowledge of various things that are happening elsewhere. Uh, because I don't have the time to check and
4: I think Ange is a wee bit like that I mean, as I said I think I've said it last week I've maybe said it the week before um, Ange, this is a as much as Ange has a connection to the team and to the club and understands what the club is all about it's just a job it's just a job, he goes in he does his work, he goes home and then he spends his time with his family, he doesn't get caught up in the Goldfish Bowl that is Scottish football. I mean, you saw him at the press conference there last week, heading his hands with the ridiculous questions that he gets asked time and time again, Mm -hmm. um, admitting himself that he thought, he thought, sorry, um, that he should have just took another week off. I mean, if anything's going to drag him out of Scottish football, it's going to be the way that the media kind of react to him, because they know they're getting absolutely nothing, yet they keep doing it time and time and time and time again, and I don't understand why. I mean, it's the symbolism of stupidity is to know that if something doesn't work, to keep trying it the same way again and again and again, and hope for a different outcome, and yet that's what the Scottish press seems to do. So, like, I don't think Andrew will get caught up in it. You don't see him talking about other managers unless they're talking in a um, A good way about them, he he is very complimentary of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't see him having a go at anybody, he just is honest and he professional. I think, yeah, Yeah. professional. And I don't think anything gets him.
3: No, because I mean, some of the behaviour is quite amateurish. I think Scottish football comes with a bit of humour. Um, and, and self-deprecating humour at times, I think, is is healthy in Scottish football. But when people start taking it all seriously, I mean, Ange Posikoglu, um took a week off and John Kennedy took the reins, um, and that became an issue. That became a talking point. It was almost as if, where's Ange? He's running scared and all of that nonsense. Now, Paul Byrne is coming in because Paul actually predicted 4 nothing at the weekend uh, on the, the live chat on the YouTube channel. Unfortunately, I didn't have money on it, says Paul, so the Milky Bars are not on me. That'll go over your head, Colin, because you're know no know remember. Me. You remember, remember that? Yeah. Oh, nice one. Thank God I'm not the player Paul Byrne. That was a scathing remark. Sorry, Paul. Having said that, I only remember his two goals against him. I was a fan. I liked Paul Byrne. We were in a time, really, in the early 90s where... Um, you know, we didn't have the same kind of level of player that we've got now. Uh, Liam Brady brought him over from Bangor, I think, for about 80 grand. And, you know, he paid that back with the two goals against Rangers. Jungle Line played against them in Dublin. Um, I still follow Paul on Facebook. And you know what? I think he'd be good to bring over for a wee event at some point, or maybe even one of the ex-Pros games, Colin. What do you think?
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, before my time. But, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. If he's up for it, I'll bring him over. Callum McGregor,
3: I want to talk about Callum because I think it was our very own Declan McConville who first coined um, the phrase that uh, Callum was Celtic's metronome. Uh, I think it was Declan. I've I've now heard it being used by commentary, teams, etc. He scores the early goal against Aberdeen that kind of settles everything, Colin, and sets the scene. For the uh, domination that we were going to have for the next ninety minutes, and for me, he is the epitome of this mantra that Ange uh you know, created and instilled in the Celtic team of "we never stop." He is, he is that man.
4: Yeah, I mean, what was very um, important to see was that Celtic managed to retain the ball so well <laughs> in that first half. I think. Aberdeen maybe get two, three touches and then it was straight back in their own half. It was right back in their face um, and we pinned them right in in that first half. And I, I got a text from Glenn actually um, after the second goal went in and he said this is going to be a long afternoon. I can imagine what it would be like for the Aberdeen fans watching that first half because it was totally dominant. Um, McGregor being on the edge of the area ready to put one away, that's exactly where you want someone like him to be. Um, you look at the amount of crosses that Celtic put in game after game when the ball comes out you want somebody to be on the edge of the area that's got the ability to put one away I still think we don't take enough shots from outside the box I think we still try and work a lot of it to go across the face of goal Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd like to see us trying to put a couple of pop shots from the edge of the area Um, we've definitely got the ability to do so
1: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details.
4: But yeah, as you say, I mean, Callum McGregor, he is a massive, massive part of the success of this team. And we all sort of, what well, I say we all, many of us were kind of questioning whether he'd be able to step up into the, the captain's role when Scott Brown departed. But he's done it so smoothly, it's almost as if the, the transition was so natural to him and it, he's he's just been um, yeah, he's been fantastic for Celtic and for Angie I'd have to say
3: Yeah, he definitely has, I mean I remember there were um, eyebrows raised when Scott Brown became the captain of Celtic, Colin, if you think back to that you know, Tony Mowbray making Scott Brown the captain at, the, at a football club and um Some people didn't think he was well suited to it. He went on to become one of the most successful captains in the club's history. And then when Callum McGregor is touted to become the um, successor to Scott Brown, you know the same people are maybe raising questions about that. He's proven beyond doubt that he's a brilliant captain. I remember the discussion. uh, As I say, I don't always uh, get things right. I remember the discussion and I thought, Chris Ayer would have made a good captain at that time. I thought he had all the kind of leadership qualities... (laughs) Um, not because I think your captain has to be at the back or a centre-half or any of this kind of stuff, because I think it works regardless. Um, But yeah, Chris Ayer and I think Carl McGregor has came in and he is um, on his way to becoming one of the most decorated Celtic players in the history of the club as well, Colin. I mean, that will be added to hopefully this Sunday in the League Cup. We've got Pete McGee you're watching on YouTube. If anybody else is watching on there and you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. Uh, The channel is growing uh, day by day, week by week, and we are adding uh, new strings to the bow with things like um, live events, for example. The blog is back up and running, Colin, Mm -hmm. and there's various other things planned for the channel. Pete McGee, a full-strength Celtic is all well and good, but we have to show up. Losing to them in the semi and last time out at the Snake Pit... He didn't play to the best of our abilities, full strength or not. I'm glad he said snake pit, because you know when people go on about Castle Grayskull? Yeah. Castle Grayskull was the good guys, Castle It was. It was Snake Mountain that was the bad guys. All right. So well done, Pete McGee. I think he's got a good point. How many times have we really performed since Hans came in against Rangers, Colin?
4: I think the games at Celtic Park we certainly have. Um, away from home, some of the performances we do... Um, we do kind of lack that impetus going forward. Um, I mean, we we absolutely annihilated them last season in the two games at Celtic Park. But... Yeah. I mean, that. I mean the game, the 3-0 game, that was a complete turning point for our season as well. Mm. <laughs> um, look, Hamden is a place where I don't think we start games very well. I don't know if that's to do with the pitch or what it is, but... I haven't really seen us starting a game pretty well there. You saw even Kilmarnock were having a, a go at us in the semi final. So we have to be on the ball on Sunday. We have to go out. We have to pin them back. Uh, we, we have to play to our strengths and attack their weaknesses. And I would say their weaknesses is definitely down the flanks. Um, as many goals as Tavenier gets, whether it be penalties, free kicks, or anything else that everybody wants to assist him with. Um, I don't think he's a very good defender and I think you have to pin him back make sure that he doesn't get forward Um, and they have been, as much as I say they don't concede a lot of goals, they have been conceding some bad ones this season, so we have to test that defence and we've got the attacking playing, I think at times against them in the game at Snake Mountain as they said um, we found ourselves pinned too far back Mm -hmm. we didn't have that out ball so it will be interesting to see if we can keep them back um, and keep them in their own half. I think that's what works really well, especially when we're at Celtic Park. If you take a look at the the games that we're talking about, the 4-0 this season, 3-0 last season, we are in their faces. We are pinning them back. And that seems to be where we get the success. So we have to look at that as to something we can do going forward again. We have to capitalise on their mistakes and we have to take our chances um, and we are starting to take that more and more often. Now, we're scoring on average something like 3.2 goals a game in the league. Um, in the Cup, we're averaging about four goals a game. Look, I'm not going to say they're going to score two or three, but if we keep that up, I mean, eventually we will, we'll will break through that defence and we'll, we'll get what we need. But the occasion, hopefully, it doesn't get to the players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, obviously, this is going to be... An interesting one, as you say, for the likes of Rio Hattate, um, guys like o, and guys that never played in the, the Cup final last year because it's going to be a 50-50 split. So we do have to turn up. We do need to drum it into everyone. And I think Callum McGregor will do that. He will get into the heads of everybody and explain how important this game is going to be. And the fans can do their bit as well because you know at times the fans can really drive the players on.
3: Well, I found it quite interesting to uh, read the comments made by Chris Julian, who was talking about his Celtic career, some of the highs and the lows. And uh, one thing that he did point out um, is a the buzz that you get from Callum McGregor giving you the the chat in the in the huddle. And he also mentioned Bruni, uh, but also the uh, the impact of the fans behind you, Colin. I mean, yeah. he did and I don't think he's using it as an excuse because we have spoken long and hard about the season where um, we lost the 10 in a row and Neil Lennon um, left the club. We've spoken so much about it and all the different reasons. And there were, you know, a multitude of reasons. And he spoke about the importance of the fans and the fact that they weren't there to give us that lift. Um, And obviously they will be there this weekend. But yeah, you're right. It's It's a new experience for some of these players. Players who we've known now for over a year. Um, but it's unusual that they've not actually played in a cup final yet for Celtic so you're looking to the likes of Callum McGregor you're also looking to the likes of Greg Taylor you spoke about uh, their right back not being a great defender I tell you what, Greg Taylor is developing into one of our finest players Um, and I think one of the most important players in the squad watching back the game this morning he was involved in the first three goals Um, I don't think he'll get an assist for any of them but he was involved in all three of the goals um, we were talking about him last week, obviously, you and I with Jackie, um, who represents Greg Taylor.
2: Yep.
3: Um, we were talking about how well he's taken to this new position, the inverted fullback. Do you think he's the most improved player under Ange? And now, I don't mean, I, I wouldn't include the likes, what I'm talking about is guys who are at Celtic, so I wouldn't include the likes of Hatati in that, or, or O'Reilly. Players that we had at the club that Ange has come in and
4: revitalised, do you think he's the most improved? It'll be a pretty close race between him and Ralston, you'd have to say. I mean, Greg Taylor had a career at Celtic, whereas Ralston was pretty much out the door. Uh, His contract had run out. Nobody really thought he was going to get a chance. Um, And then he comes in and shows how important he is to the squad. Um, So, yeah. And the fact that both of them are fullbacks says a lot about Ange and his style of play. Um, So... I think between the two of them, you would have a pretty close vote on who people think has been the most improved player. Um, A lot of people would maybe also see Callum McGregor in that as well because he came under a lot of criticism in the behind closed season season uh, behind closed doors season. Um, Is that what we're calling it now? Because what did I call it? The season we lost the ten. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's a, nah. I don't want to look at it that way,
3: Paul, you nah, know? I, I think you're right, yeah. So, no mentions of Rolls Royces when you're talking about players, and no uh, mentions of losing the 10 when we're talking about the closed-doors season. Right, OK, that's, that's fine.
4: Closed-doors season. Because huh? um, if you say the other C-word, then it starts a conspiracy theory. Depends we're what we're not, C-word you're not. talking about. Yeah, well, that's true, but we're not up for that today. Um, McGregor took a bit of criticism for that season as well. It's gone back to the banner the other week. Uh, <laughs> sorry, he um, did, he did. So some people might say that as well. James Forrest has come on to a game. Um, yeah, but I'd definitely say it's between Taylor and Ralston for the most improved players since Zanz came in. He's been brilliant. Taylor has been
3: superb. Um, and I mean, we're going to talk about potential lineups because Ange may well have a full complement of players at his disposal. Like you said earlier he spoke about Moy and Turnbull starting to train early in the week, Tuesday um, and if that's the case in their fit, it's a brilliant selection headache for him, Colin.
4: Yeah, 100%. Um, for me I'm, I'm sitting looking at who the 11 would be. I think if you take a look back to the game at Ibrox, um Moy was really missing out that team. We couldn't really bring the ball down. We couldn't keep control of the, the ball, um, and I think Moy offers that, which means you would push Hatati one for further forward, but then you have to drop O'Reilly, who I thought he had a fairly decent game on uh, Saturday, and he obviously did very well when he came off the bench against um, St Mirren, but you're looking at that as, you look at the bench and you're going, we now have so many options that can come on and change a game. How many times did you look at a bench last season or even the seasons before and you're going, oh, there's not really many options here. Whereas now good. you're like, most of that bench would be star players in every single team in this league. And when you look at like a badder coming off the bench, potentially a Riley, O, a Forrest. Players are that ilk. It's just unbelievable the, the strength and depth we've got just now. Um, and it can only be good for the first team as well because you know you have to be on your game. To keep your jersey. And you don't see many players having poor games because of that. You see some of the players that have fallen off the edge.
3: They're not even in the squads. You know, Stephen Welsh yeah. played the first game of the season, scored the first goal of the season. First scored. Yeah, yeah. scored first goal, yeah. He played really well not even in the squad. James McCarthy, not in the squad. So, yeah, you do really need to be turning up every single time you get your opportunity. There's a couple of others I'm going to throw into that mix as well. But before I do that, let's get some thoughts from you, the viewers. John Sweeney, welcome back. You're watching on YouTube. And will need to be clever on Sunday as the only way we can get beat is having a man sent off and the <laughs> yellow cards will be
4: dished out to Celtic and we have five subs. Oh no, Again, did you not, Sorry, Paul, to interrupt. Did you not hear? There's a bit of jiggery pokery going on. Oh, jiggery Pokery, I did hear yeah, that. Yeah, did, did you hear that? Yeah, about how um, Celtic have, what was it, 143 fouls, Celtic have committed in 14 games and get nine yellow cards, whereas Rangers have conceded 144 fouls for 30 yellow cards. So, I mean, the referees are clearly on our side, Paul. I mean, there's some jiggery Pokery going on the Oh
3: absolutely And again I've got to say
4: Unless somebody clips that And and puts it out on a tweet I don't see that kind of stuff
3: Because I don't listen to that show But you always kind of Keep up to track With what's happening Colin Because some good soul out there Will clip it and put it on Twitter And that's how I get my
4: It was was shot down Very very Aptly By uh, Andrew McLean And by Hugh Kevins Which was Mm. It was a joy to hear actually Jiggery pokery Only in Scotland
3: Michael Fern Love Colin But where's Jim we getting him on soon. Jim normally appears every second Friday. Uh, that might have been disrupted a wee bit because he's been busy with his play, *Bender Like Barry*, which was excellent, by the way. Um, if you do get an opportunity to see any of his upcoming plays, there might be an announcement soon. Um, but I'm not going to be making it. Then go along and see it because Jim's humour
4: comes out to play on the stage. It's fantastic. I like to the fact he- I actually know what this announcement is as well. It's one of the few times I'm I'm in with it. The- the knowledge and, here. I, I, TK. Uh, <laughs> Keith Oakden hello again from Plymouth well done
3: I, I'm glad that you're Keith. able to tune in um, you see a lot of regular names it's also great to see the new names coming in and making their feelings known disagree with us agree with us that's what we do as a team as well because Kevin Graham and I have had a few ding-dongs along the, along the last five and a half years Colin, we didn't agree on everything but that's what it's all about met Kevin um, before the
4: game on Saturday you daughter, him? Yeah, him and his daughter were going to the game um she look some to... team members actually to go to games. I an know answer. it's it's hard to believe, but she looked as fed up ways with, with him as what I've seen some people in the comment section. So was he the same to... Was he standing on a soapbox? No. No, he should have been, but I mean we could have done that and get the old hat out just <laughs> for <us>. the thing <laughs>
3: is if he wanted to come in and answer us, he, he could just log in and come up because he's he obviously could. one of the admins on this. Um a couple of the players I wanted to mention, you were talking about those who come off the bench. You look at the bench and it's really strong. I've been talking about those who, like Haxabanovich comes on, as did uh, Iwata at the weekend, and they get about half an hour each. And I think you look at Iwata's performance, really composed, Colin. You know, yeah. Willing to get into space, always looking for the ball. I like what I've seen so far, although it's been in, in very small um, moments and small cameos. Haxabanovic is a player that I think uh, we and others were quite excited about, and then he had the illness and the injury, and it's almost as if he's building himself back up now. And again, he only had half an hour, but he played. He got an assist for the fourth goal. I like his direct play. Um, I think he's a player that's got a lot to kind of prove uh, because he was one of these guys who, you know, he was a prodigy, he came in as a teenager, got a big move to England, didn't work out, and I think. He's got a point to prove and hopefully he can prove it at Celtic. But you've got a group of players there that you know throw in Kobayashi um, as well. These are guys that really want to make an impression in the second half of the season, Colin. And we've not seen a great deal of a couple of these guys yet. And I think that's quite exciting in itself.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Haksa did very, very well when he came off the bench on Saturday. Um, Very unlucky not to get a goal himself. Does extremely well for the fourth goal. Um, Shows his, his strength to... Win the the ball back um, and puts a great cross in for Abada, who's another one who's came off the bench and had uh, done really well. There was a there was a great point I, I heard um, the other week. When's the last time we saw three players come off the bench and score a goal like we did against St. Mary? Mm. I mean that's showing the strength and depth that we've got in this this squad. It's yeah. it is fantastic. I mean it must be so heartbreaking for. Um, other teams, if you've played 60 minutes, 70 minutes absolutely knock Japan in and then you look and see who's coming on and it's like Safak Sabanovic, Abada um, even Turnbull or Riley when they come off the bench and stretching the game even even more um, that's why we score so many late goals you see people saying "Oh, Celtic, even in the 8th minute they'll never beat it's because these players are coming off the bench and they've got 90 minutes in them but we only need them for 30 mm-hmm. and that's why you've got I'm saying we don't stop because he is constantly using the bench to uh, strength to mm-hmm. put on players that are going to keep going whether it's 2 minutes added on by the ref or it's 10 minutes added on they're going to keep going to the final whistle and that's what you want to see and it's why kind of I know there's so many people who's got different excuses but People that leave early are running the risk of missing one, two, maybe even three goals with a Celtic team.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.
0: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: Yeah, there's a few things that are crossing my mind when you, you were chatting about this never-stop mentality because... It's been kind of made famous. It's been the slogan that's been used since Ange came in, Colin. But I remember the centenary season, which is a special season to myself, being the first time that I went to Celtic Park in the preseason of that campaign. And that was a massive that was a massive feature of that season—the late goals. And you know, when you're introduced to Celtic, and that's what you do—you you kind of get used to that as being a factor in how Celtic perform. You know, that never die attitude. And then you start doing a bit of research, you look back in the, the great team in, in Lisbon who were famed for being the fittest in Europe. You know, yeah. they, they ran into Milan off the park um, and you go a wee bit further back when, when Neely Mockham was actually given the role as, as trainer at Celtic, um, it, it specified what his role was and that was to make them the fittest team in the country. Is that when it started? Is that when we became this team that never stopped? It was that wee bit fitter that started getting late goals? I'd need to look... I'd need to look a wee bit further into that. But I always look back in the centenary season and thought that was part of the mantra back then. And it's certainly part of this team's mantra as well.
4: Yeah, and the, the thing is, it's for fans, it's certainly encouraging to see because we go back, and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but that behind closed-door season, um, we spoke about how after 60 minutes, if Celtic weren't winning, there was trouble because they seemed to run out of steam, they seemed to run out of... Ideas, yeah. Um Whereas with this Celtic team, it's it is generally non-stop for ninety minutes. It's not. There's never a point where you're sitting there going, "Yeah, we've kind of took a foot off the gas." And even when we do, um we still have the ability to put the ball in the back of the net. Whereas beforehand, it was something that was sort of disheartening as a Celtic fan is to see what happened after sixty minutes. So. Credit to Ange and to the sports scientists and to all the coaches at, at Celtic for what they've managed to do in such a short period of time uh, to turn it around because it's, it's really worked and it's it's playing to our advantage. We're scoring the most goals in the first 15 minutes and we're scoring the most goals in the last 15 minutes. And that's the two biggest points of the game, in my opinion. thing is, Greg Taylor was asked about it after the game and... Um,
3: he was asked the question, is it the manager and, and the staff or is it the players or is it a combination of both? And I think what happens is once it becomes a behaviour and it becomes part of the fabric, then it's it's been instilled in the culture. I mean, somebody can stand there and tell you this is what I want, but until it's actually lived out and it's part of the behaviour of the team, Colin, it's no part of the culture of being a Celtic player. And then what you get is other guys coming into the this environment where it's unacceptable to do anything other than that. And then that culture continues, and thankfully, it's been reignited. Because, like you say, in that forgettable season, um, we were all out of ideas. Uh, nothing we could do in terms of a change would, would uh, you know, remedy that. And then it ended up with players trying to luck from 25 to 30 yards to try and make the breakthrough. And you're smiling because you're thinking of a very specific player at that time. Now, Strachan's laptop reminds us Rio got man of the match on his debut. He did. And he had that phenomenal performance against Rangers shortly thereafter as well. Jerry uh, Orawi stopped trying to sell her tatty. The media will do that. I don't know if that's a conversation in the comments section. But one of, one of the um, conversations we've been having, we started having it, on the weekend there with Kevin McCluskey, was the fact that we talk about Andy's aspirations as a a European team, what he wants to achieve in Europe Um, and what does European success look like for Celtic. And I know I'm jumping forward a wee bit, we've got a League Cup final to win on Sunday. Um, But my my kind of view on that, Colin, is it all comes down to recruitment with Celtic. Mm. Because what you and I did a while back, you and I were waiting in the toll booth in Stirling when we used to record the podcast back in the day and the guest who was coming to join us at that afternoon couldn't make it, you'll remember. Yeah. So what we did, because we had booked the studio time, is we spoke about our own personal Celtic teams of the decade. If you were to look at the last 10 years, who would make it into the team? It was just something we had to do off the cuff because the guests never turned up. But it got me thinking that in the last decade, if you go back to 2013, right up to date, you could probably assemble a team of players who at their peak, if assembled at their peak, would do something in Europe. Who knows what that that would look like? Um, So it's not as though Celtic can't attract or develop the players. It's about doing it in a shorter space of time, Colin. And it's about doing it over a period of half a dozen transfer windows rather than half a dozen years. And keeping them, hopefully, for the half a dozen transfer windows so that the team can develop together. And that was the point I was trying to make. But the biggest challenge in doing that is keeping a hold of guys like Hatati. Yep. And O'Reilly and Carter Vickers and Jota and all these other guys. Because it's a matter of time. You you know, you play well for half a half a season in Scotland. Certain clubs are going to be interested. You start turning on Europe. Even bigger and richer clubs are going to get interested. Um so yeah, we're not certainly trying to sell a tatty. I want to I want to keep him. Um and I want Ange to have um you know a number of good transfer windows from here on in that will give them a better chance of doing something in the Champions League? Because I think it, recruitment's key. And by the time you get to the fifth or the sixth transfer window call and the guys, if you've still got them, that you brought in in the first, they've developed and you know into the way that Ange wants them to play. They've got the mentality. They've got the, you know, the culture uh, already instilled in them. And I think
4: that's the only way we're going to make that impact in Europe. Yeah, I mean, we're back to what served us best in the sort of... Successful period um, where we were challenging the likes of Barcelona and the Champions League. We're getting to the last sixteen. We're back to that era where it might not. We're looking at projects, but the projects are slightly different. I mean, when you look at the projects we had in recent years, it was guys like Bio and Clamala and guys that didn't really set the header light. Even in the leagues that they were in beforehand. Um and it was almost taking a risk that, do you know what, he's only two and a half million, let's turn it around, we'll get ten million. That didn't really happen because we were living off the past of picking up guys like Virgil van Dyke for two point three million, Gary Hooper for two and a half million, Joe Ledley on a three. Um and it was almost a sort of dry period in the market where we couldn't attract these players to the club anymore and the players that we were attracting just they weren't up to the standard so when you pick up a Dembele for 500 grand or you pick up Fraser Foster on his 17th loan deal or whatever it might have been it is important to get the most out of them to reinvest properly and we weren't reinvesting properly you, you take a look at the money we wasted on the likes of Barkas and the Yeti and guys of that ilk and now we're spending money and even the projects are cheaper. But they're coming in with the understanding that Angel already knows the knowledge about them. He's got an insight into how they play and how they can come in and suit his style of football. Mm-hmm. I think we were just taking a punt before. We are absolutely just taking a punt. I mean, how many players did you really see that the likes of Brendan Rodgers would say, I don't really know an awful lot about him. And the likes we,
3: don't, we don't need another like, winger. Right?
4: Yeah. yeah, or he was available and we needed a player in that position so we picked him up in the likes of Malumbu so it's good to see that Angie's Ange always speaks about being a transfer window ahead and I think at Celtic we were almost like a transfer window behind um, we would almost go into January trying to fix what we couldn't do in the summer Yeah. so if we needed a right back we'd bring someone in and it would be short term like John Joe Kenny and anyway, he came in for six months. You're dropping or, all the big names today, by the way.
3: I'm just <laughs> or, waiting for uh, Timu
4: Puki to come in. I think Timu Puki was gone before he actually fully settled. To be perfectly honest, Skipovic. Uh, so yeah, guys. But when you look at it, we're now spending money properly. We're back to the transfer strategy that's worked extremely well for us. We make a profit in transfers now. <laughs> Not that that's the narrative that the Scottish media want to run with, but we do. Um, and it's it's benefiting us. We've now got a squad of players who we give them a chance when they come to Celtic. They've got the chance to show their, their worth on a great stage and when they do well, they know that there will be an opportunity if they choose to do so, to further their career somewhere else where they can make themselves a lot of money that will see them out for the rest of their career.
3: I hope that um, that combination of players... Who, if all playing together, would do something, you know, um progressive in the Champions League, happens while Stan's post-cogu's at the club. And I agree with you, I think that we are now a transfer window ahead, whereas we were always running behind. And often the January was a stop gap transfer window. Yeah. But also, Colin, I think that we're not just taking players that are presented to us, you know, be that from Um, a particular agent, for example. We're doing um, doing the recruitment. You know, we're looking further afield. I think there might have been a complacency that crept in during the years that you're talking about where we were dominant. We weren't really going to, unless something catastrophic happened, we weren't going to lose the league for a period of time there, right? So we were bringing players in who weren't really the the kind of right fit and that's why so many of them didn't work out. Um, and instead of the players being presented to us, I think we're doing our recruitment a lot better. Uh, we're tapping into markets that we weren't looking at before. And obviously there's a level of control, I think, that the gaffer's got now with regards to transfers that some of the previous managers didn't have. And I think that's huge as well. Um, Francis McDonald, nice to see Brook and Soccer M on Saturday. Someone, some might say... We knew something about music. Others might say anyone with a set of ears would have known that Brooke Combe is going to smash it. She was absolutely tremendous, and um, I think she's going to be huge. Gone. I thought you were going to
4: just try and throw as many Oasis puns in there as possible. Did I do that? Or something like that? or you know, know. <laughs> we could
3: have. I could have kept that one going. No, but you're right. In in a couple of weeks before that, not nothing to do with us. Mick Head was on on Socrimen. So- and then i just seen, I think it was yesterday on Radio X, that the Chase were on there. So these were all bands that were in our studio um, or on the show over the last year or so. And they're all doing excellently well. JJI, to be fair to heart, this is going back to Danielle's point. So let's talk about it. Did he not receive a howler of a passback? Right. Let's talk about then the defensive discipline that Tom Boyd was talking about during the game, Colin. You, you, I don't think, have seen the game Uh, televised, you were at the game. Tom Boyd was talking about how the mentality has to be spot on, not just for the goalie, but for the defenders. I think the defenders are well enough involved in the game that it's not as big an issue. It must creep into it sometimes with Joe Hart. And as Daniel said earlier, there was a bit of a heart and mouth moment. Is it a concern for you?
4: (sighs) If it was a closer game, it would have been more of a concern. Um, And it wasn't just one. He had two or three to be perfectly honest, that um, was like that in the second half. Uh, and we did, we, we got away with them. Um, in the first half, he actually did it quite successfully and it helped continue the attack. And I think that's that's part of what I'm just trying to drill in, is that everyone's involved in the attack. It can be the goalkeeper, it can be the, the centre-backs. Uh, I saw a stat yesterday and it's that... Um, Kevin and Carter Vickers has played just over 2,000 minutes of football in the league for Celtic and in that time he successfully completed over 1800 passes now that's like almost a pass a minute for a centre-back to be on the ball that frequently in a team that's attacking constantly it shows how much every single player has their part to play in the games you take a look at the recovery um on Saturday and how quick the ball came back it would go to the Aberdeen forward, they'd lose out to out or Cameron Carter-Vickers, the ball would go wide and we'd start again. And it is really... Um, what did the commentators call that? Recycling it?
3: Recycling the ball, yeah. Yeah, as, as well as getting a shot off as well. But
4: uh, <laughs> all, all these terms that um, crept in. The only thing I would like to see us do, maybe a bit more that we don't seem to do, is distribute the ball and sort of miss someone out. I think there's always, like, that extra no, wait, pass we no. could cut out. Um, You see the yeah. likes of Maeda and Jota on the wings. We've got the ability to do it. We've seen it every now and again from the likes of Carter Vickers and stuff out where they'll play the sort of long ball. Yens uh, was a fan of it. Yeah, very much. And mm-hmm. it would catch out the defences. I think with the pace that we've got, it would help us get in behind as well. Um. Apart from that, it is very melodic watching Celtic because there's the sort of pass-move, pass-move, split the defence, goal. Um, and you can almost see that every goal takes at least 30, 40 passes at times, unless we're on the counter where it can be as little as three or four. Um, but they do have the patience, and it's almost like watching uh, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona at times, where they would just constantly recycle the ball and go again. Um And Celtic continue to do that. So I would like to see us try that sort of different pass to sort of try and catch out the defence. But the fact, as I said, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Starfelt are on the ball so much. It just shows how important they are to that defence. And I think if you look at Joe Hart as well, and maybe take a look at his stats, you see that the ball will come back to him and he'll pass the ball out. He'll play the ball out to the wing. And he is part of the attack as well. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. CJ has been saying all season that uh, Hatati is the best since Petrov, what a player Petrov was. Um, and also we've got uh, Celtic followers saying that it's the vision that stands out. He, does, he sees a pass before a lot of other people. He sees things that um, others don't see.
4: Uh, it's he as does. As that. And when you look at the, the forwards and how... The, the sort of movement they've got. A lot of people say that Kyogo plays on the shoulder of the last defender. I think O's done that a couple of times as well since he's came in. Um, Jota and Maeda both do the same. Finding that player who makes that move is almost as important as the player making the move in the first place. And as I said, we sort of play that extra pass maybe and it means that the player doesn't get onto the end of the ball because the run goes unnoticed. Mm -hmm. but Maeda, if you look at some of Kyogo's best goals this season, where he's got in behind, nine times out of ten, it's Maeda or O'Reilly that's playing that pass because they've got the intelligence to know where Kyogo's going to be and play him in, and that's the reason why he's got so many goals this season. The end of season highlights uh,
3: real is going to be impressive. I don't know if the club will still release it on DVD as they have been up to this point, Colin, but it will definitely be something uh, to enjoy. Now, Pete McGee, Hatati reminds me of Luca Modric. I had a lot of people over the weekend saying, remember we signed Merafczyk and everybody was saying, oh, I wish we'd signed Merafczyk 10 years before we did. And people are now making those comparisons. This is what you would have seen had you signed Merafczyk uh, 10 years before we actually did. So there's a lot of comparisons getting thrown about. And that's fair enough. Um, you made a mention earlier of O making his first start, Colin. I actually thought he was better in the first half, and I think that he tired a wee bit, and I'm no surprised because I just think when players come into Andy's team, it takes them a while to get to that level of intensity. Um, yeah. So it wasn't a concern for me. I thought, you know, as far as first starts go, um, even was it the first goal he played a part, played a part in retaining possession yeah. in, in the first goal. I think he looked strong. Um, he looks hungry for goals he, he likes to get into um, you know, dangerous positions but uh, yeah I'm not going to judge him on one start I, I think so far from
4: what I've seen I've been pretty impressed. You could see he was quite disappointed that he hadn't scored when he came off the park
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox
0: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com
4: for more. Um, but there was a moment in the second half, and I think it was Mackenzie that was marking him. Um... And he just completely barged McKenzie off the ball, and that showed his strength. And that he could just do that. McKenzie ended up with two yards back on his backside with how strong O was. And as I said earlier on, the fact that O can come in and the style of football doesn't change must be a massive benefit for Ange. Because at times, oh, what are we doing here, Paul?
3: No, somebody was asking about the
4: jersey. I'm just setting myself up for when you're finished. All right, okay. Um, at times when Amakis would come in, maybe we'd change it up a bit, the crosses would go higher, we'd look for him as the outball, whereas we just continued to play the, the style of football that we've seen um, when we've had Kiel go up front when All was playing, so it was great to see. I don't judge him off that performance. Um, I thought he did pretty well. I think he will find the back of the net for Celtic. There's lots of crosses going um, across the face of goal that, Maybe in a couple of weeks' time he'll get himself on the end of. But he acquitted himself very, very well.
3: Yeah, I think so. Uh, CJ does make the point that uh, being brave enough to try those passes, you spoke about missing out the fullback call and going straight to the winger. Yep. I thought Jens did it particularly well with Haxabanovic. He seemed to like uh, bringing him into the play. But yeah, they are they are a riskier pass. Does Staffelt have that long-range pass? I'm not sure. I think Carter Vickers does. Um, But yeah, they're they're obviously playing under instruction as well And maybe that's not part of the the game plan Unless we're at a certain point of a game And we need to try and uh, get in behind the defence Martin Johnson asked about this jersey Yeah, it is a match worn worn by none other than Malky Mackay Who that day wore number 14 It's a long sleeve, which you couldn't get back in the day and that was won in Mike Galloway's benefit game, which was Celtic versus a Celtic All-Stars team, which included Kenny Dalgleish, Roy Aiken, Chris Morris, uh, Anton Rogan and many others. You'd need to check up on the Celtic wiki for the full lineup. O'Reilly, back in. You say no, Colin. You would start with Moy if he's fit.
4: Yeah, I think my midfield three on Sunday, if they're all fit, would be Hitati, Moy and McGregor. Um... And I think, once again, obviously, um, O'Reilly coming off the bench gives us something if we're still trying to change the game after 60, 70 minutes. Mm
3: -hmm. I think it's a difficult uh, decision because, you know, after the event, it's great to say, oh, we should have played Moy against Rangers last time round, right? Um, And on this occasion, if we use that as as the, the gauge and we say, oh, well, you know, it didn't work last time, let's bring Moy back, you rush him in, because he's obviously not been fit to to start the game at the weekend or even sit on the bench. O'Reilly's played OK. I think he's played pretty well in the mm. game and a bit that he's played. You can't really win if you're Ange, because either
4: way there's going to be an argument to say you got it wrong. Does that mean he's got to send flowers to the wives of the players that's not playing and console the ones that aren't playing as well? I could make the tea. I'm good
3: at that. I'm good at making a cup of tea. Um, now, The League Cup officials, as I was saying at the beginning of the the show, that's not something that should be part of the discussion, Colin. It should be almost irrelevant. But if you see the amount of comments that have come in, and rightly so, um, it's almost as big a concern as the team that we're facing at the weekend. Are you concerned?
4: I'm not. I'm not. I think, unfortunately, as poor as his performances are, he's actually one of the better ones out of the the referees or the refereeing pool that we've got just now and that's not really saying much because my thoughts and I've said this several times on here is that the standard of refereeing in Scottish football was absolutely appalling Um, look I think it was Jock Steen that says you can only beat what's in front of you Um, and if the referees are against you forget about it you've got to beat them as well and if Celtic are good enough they will beat them so, I just think that we've got to keep playing to our game. Yeah, there might be decisions that go against us. I think we've got to play to the whistle as well. There was a couple of times on Saturday we didn't do that. that was quite frustrating. Um, but it's just keeping keeping it as simple as possible. Just continue to play the style of football that we play and everything else will come. If, if you don't give them the opportunity to uh, make a decision against you, then... There's
3: nothing to worry about. My, my big worry, I've got to say, is and it was mentioned earlier, if you've got one of the situations where it's a right, tight game, Colin Mino with the Cups, and we have played Rangers-Sides on Durand where it's been a tight game, and it's just one of those decisions. You know, one of those moments where we're waiting on a decision coming uh, back and you're just thinking it's going to go the other way. That you do. You go into these games because of what we've seen, and I don't want to be saying that there's jiggery pokery. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of concern in the comment section. Let's hope we're not talking about it after the game. That's the big thing. Um, I mean, you take a look back to the last cup
4: final against them. Mm-hmm. Frimpong gives the guy the decision to make. He brings the the ball. He brings the the player down. The decision's there to sort of um, give them a penalty. Foster obviously makes a fantastic save but if you don't give them the opportunity to make those decisions then it should be at least taking that worry out of the equation if we just continue to play and don't do anything stupid then you'll not have to worry about it I I still don't know how we won that game
3: I I mean El Yunusi played for the first 40 minutes with a moon boot on I think Yeah. we get a sending off, they miss a penalty, didn't we start with Lewis Morgan up top
4: Yeah, Edward totally changed that game when he came Uh, on. Yeah, and of course, the aforementioned Chris
3: Julien scores the goal that wins the cup. And um, we had a wee discussion before we go into it. Arthur Boric is 43 today. Wow. He's looking good for it. Uh, 221 appearances for Celtic. He spent five years at Parkhead or Celtic Park or Paradise, whatever you like to call it. But none of the others. Um, three league titles, one Scottish Cup, two league cups, won by Arthur Boric. Favourite
4: Boric moment, Colin Watt? The flag at Ibrooks, it has to be, doesn't it? Um, no, seriously though, um, the save against Spartak Moscow to put us through into the, the Champions League group stage. What a moment, what a night that was. Um, he was just outstanding. He showed on so many occasions how good a goalkeeper he was, but he he was one of those goalkeepers that definitely didn't have the full shilling. Um, he made some I knew somebody. Did I knew somebody was going to say it. I Parker,
3: knew
4: it. Joseph, uh, I knew it. Um, he made some bad mistakes, I think, back to like... um, Yeah, I was thinking that penalty save as well, but also the mistakes he made, was it against Hibs? Easter Road, few, yeah. Easter Road and... Yep. Stuff like that, but no, he was a great character. Um, he was so important in that side as well. Uh, and again, I go back to that night against Spartak Moscow, and as we dance after he saves the the last penalty, and everyone piles on top of him, and you see that um, there's that picture where the late Tommy Burns is running over to celebrate with him as well. It's it's one of those iconic Celtic moments. Ah, definitely. Tell me about it, wee Jimmy. Uh,
3: Forty three ain't old these days. You're right. Uh, he's younger than me. Listen, these are the kind of moments that that spring to mind. Uh, you're right. That wee dance, brilliant, superb. Yeah. The the goal against United was it nine eight? The the oh uh, sure, I think it was, it was like 9-8. or something like that. I think. Ah, yeah, you're right. I'm thinking nine eight. I'm thinking the nineteen ninety Scottish Cup final. Yeah,
4: he, uh, then, he scores and then Willow Flood misses and yeah, sends Flood. like two That's days right. later. <laughs> That's right. He um, a he did, well, well, well um, he
3: played with his heart, but not with his head. He was the absolute model of what a cult hero is, because he had the skill, but he had that side of his game as well. Gordon Stratton tells the story about him having a cigarette at half-time in the cubicle. Need they could find him. He's in there having yeah. a drag. Yeah, so he's 43 today, and as it was already said by Wee Jimmy, that's no age at all. He's in the prime of his life. Did you
4: um, ever hear the story of him and Aidan McGeady in the changing room? that when he battered them? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Chased him about for something. They were arguing. At, I think it was at Tyne Castle. Mm-hmm. They were arguing over something coming off the park, and then Aidan basically had to hide in the changing room because Big Arthur was after him. What a character. A pal of mine was in the same block of apartments
3: um, as Arthur Boric when he stayed in Glasgow. And let's just say it was uh, something of a party haven whilst <laughs> Arthur was in town. Uh, Celtic end, you've not had a chance to talk about that. We spoke, obviously, to one of the um, persons involved. Martin came on the show on Friday to chat about their uh, initiative. Sounds great, Colin. Uh, what's your thoughts on it?
4: Yeah, I mean, overall, I think the, the project sounds encouraging um, you've got to admit the atmosphere that's generated by the yellow wall um, at Dortmund is phenomenal I actually saw that um, the yellow wall it was the first time I think during the week when they played in the Champions League that they've been able to have the full capacity of the yellow wall mm-hmm. uh, because they do the whole I think it's one and a half people per seat yeah. in yeah. the, the standing sections in Germany whereas they had it down to Basically one for one by the year for regulations. So that was that was incredible seeing that. I think there is a demand for fans that want to stand at football. You see it, we must be the only support that has two sections that want to do it already. Mm-hmm. You've got obviously the north curve and you've got the boys section, which has vastly expanded um since they moved from four 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 to the wee section that they're in just now. Um, They had some fans over from uh, Paris Saint-Germain at the weekend as well, I saw. But they they have a bigger section there. Whether they'll be able to incorporate the Celtic end right away, I think it's very ambitious. But I'm not sure how quick that can be done. Um, There's a lot of people who... And by the way... Just because you've got a season ticket at Celtic Park, it doesn't make it your seat, right? I I totally understand that. It's like I've sat here since ninety five, since they opened the stadium, and blah blah blah. It's we don't own it; we sort of rent it off Celtic every single season. Um, And people have moved before; they've moved to accommodate the the North Curve. So I don't really understand that argument about it. I'm sure there'd be there will be an argument though. Oh, there will be an argument, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's necessarily unless you're stuck behind one of the pillars. There's a bad view of Celtic Park. Um, but I, th- I think the natural thing would really be to um, increase the north north curve at first. Um, whether so that might happen, a, it might happen in stages. Yeah, but I don't think it will be behind the the Celtic goal. And as the way things are happening at the minute you won't see Rangers ever returning to getting that 8,000 allocation or what they already got um, just because of the sort of dummies that have been spat out. So if you continue to work your way round, I think it will be um, something along those lines. And a lot of people say, well, I don't want to stand at football. You don't have to stand. There is seating available there for you as well. Not saying that it's going to be great because maybe someone in front of you is standing, but it's, it's sort of, you can't dictate what other people are going to do. Um, yeah. it's. I don't see us taking the whole um, Jockstein stand and turning it into a yellow wall, but it would be, it would be nice to see. Um, I can, I can a green and white wall. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if you, you saw, was it River Plate in Argentina? They've got a, a new mm. st- stadium or something that they've built and it was yeah. a full standing section. There was no barriers. I did see that. There's people just standing at the edge. It made me feel sick watching it. No, I did see that. Um, A few more
3: comments before we wrap it up this afternoon. Uncle Nobby Steamboat loved the Holy Goalie. I think a lot of us did. Uh, Mark Tyler is doing a great um, project at the moment actually, using the Celtic jersey book, where he's travelling from stadium to stadium, getting in touch with ex-elts, getting them to sign their jerseys, etc. In the book, it looks fantastic. And he points out here that Arthur's playing for the Legends at Anfield. That is sad. It's a sad uh, yes it is. It is. Yeah, I, yeah. I, We're gonna have representation at that game actually. Uh press accreditation, so hopefully we can get a wee chat with some of the legends as well. Um JGI has jazz hand celebration, brilliant. I always think I'm thinking about it right now as I speak. And God bless the Pope, absolutely, Paul Diet. Um it was one of these things that seemed to rattle a lot of people when um the Roman Catholic Arthur Boric was blessing himself and wearing uh, the polish popes image on his t-shirt i don't know why it would annoy anybody and tony cassidy uh lead your megaphone at mordor another name for snake mountain tony thank you for that <laughs> but i do remember he came um and led what what do you call it capo Are you the capo when you've got the yeah
4: yeah, yeah.
3: yeah yeah so he was the capo of the ultras there at uh, ibrox stadium listen i've really enjoyed that there was a few other topics but i'm sure we'll we'll cover them as the week progresses uh, Colin what has been an absolute pleasure once again will you join us on, on Thursday if we get a wee special guest uh, we'll see I mean I think I've, the guest I've seen, a, <laughs> seen a couple people in the comment section fed up so we'll, we'll see how it goes Fed up with the sight of you. That's nice. Yeah. Um, it's been a really good show. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. How do you help a Celtic state of mind grow? The first thing, the simplest thing, give us a wee thumbs up on the YouTube video. Uh, make a comment, if you wish, on the YouTube video. Subscribe to the channel. These things help the algorithm and helps us to pop up in recommendations and all that kind of stuff. We do go out live every single weekday at 12.30. We cover all the games as well, and we are working on fully produced material, um, which is that wee bit more polished uh, than the live stream stuff that we put out on a daily basis we've got to thank every single one of you for supporting us if you want to come along and see us live there's some ticket links underneath this video the boys from seville 20 years ago colin 20 years ago we went to seville in the uefa cup final alan thompson's joining us to talk to us all about that at gracie's if you want a ticket there are still some available it will sell out like all the others and the ticket link is underneath. All that's left for me to say, Colin Watt, thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social, Social Podcast Network.
1: With the Lucky Lands Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.